Hi, I'm Megan Hillica, a grieving mother turned grief coach. I now support, guide, and offer tools to navigate the unthinkable of child loss to other moms who also know this pain. I help you go from empty, lost, and broken to learning to carry your grief and live alongside it. If there's one thing I want you to see, it's hope. Hope that there's life after loss. Hope that there's so much more for you and encouragement that you're normal. All of this is possible along with never forgetting or moving on from your baby or child. I'm holding on to hope for you until you are ready to hold it yourself. Welcome to Grieving Moms Podcast. Welcome to another episode of Grieving Moms Podcast. Before I welcome my very special guest today, I wanted to let you know about a free video I created for you for when you're feeling kind of stuck or lost in your grief, or maybe you're wondering if you're doing it right because the pain is so intense and it just never seems to end. I want you to know that there is a reason that you're stuck there, but it's not because you're not trying hard enough or because there's something wrong with you. In this free video, I will share with you how you can move through the pain and what the number one thing you can do to get unstuck and get out of the pain, even if it's just for a moment. Go to my website, meganhillica.com to watch that free video. And without further ado, I'll welcome my very special guest today, Justin. Welcome. Thank you. He has absolutely no idea what we're going to talk about today. He's like, what are we talking about? You're just going to ask me questions? So... We'll see how this goes. Yeah, hopefully it goes well. <laughs> so I kind of want to talk a little bit about our bus. We've been living in our bus for almost 11 months now. How would you describe to those who are listening that maybe don't know what we're doing or how we're currently living, what we have been doing for the last 11 months? Uh, we, on October 12th of 2021, 20, uh, we moved into our bus full-time. It's a 40-foot. Um, used to be a school bus, and we converted it to an RV. And it's got basically a, everything you need that you have in a house or a standard RV. Um, but, yeah, we've been... At that point, we, we headed south um, to move to warmer weather, and we've kind of been following the weather you know, south in the winter, and then as it warmed up, um, we came back up to Minnesota. But I've been living in our bus and traveling around and seeing the sights in the the U.S. Mm-hmm. We sure have. What has been the most surprising thing for you about the whole experience of living in a school bus with six kids and a wife? <laughs> <laughs> that it's still working. <laughs> Um, yeah, I guess that there's a lot of a lot of unknowns at the beginning where you, you're just not sure of how it's going to go. And um, yeah, 11 months later, we're still enjoying it and um, still planning more trips um, to new locations that we haven't seen yet. So yeah, I'd, I'd say how much we've adapted and um, embraced the lifestyle that probably a lot of people think is just crazy (laughs) like what are some things that we experience and live with that people might not realize like what we do or what we worry about or think about on a daily basis yeah a lot of the stuff that's always going through your head is um, power consumption you know you can't use too much power at the same time because we have a inverter that limits the amount of power that can go through it Um, but then also 
if we're not hooked up to power, uh, we're just using our solar panels to generate power to our batteries. You gotta worry about how much you're using power. So is the water heater on or is it off? Um, and then, yeah, the water heater, how much water are we using? Um, do you want the kids doing the dishes because they'll use more water <laughs> or does Megan want to do the dishes? Uh, don't run the water too long when you're you're washing your hands. That these quick types of showers. things. Quick showers. Shower outside rather than inside, so you don't fill up the gray water tank. We have a 60 gallon gray water tank, so always concerned about how much water we're using and if the gray water tank's filling up or if the fresh water's um, going empty. Um, or and if then, the gray water tank's overflowing. Yeah, it's happened a couple <laughs> times. Um, yeah, and then where are we going to park the bus? Uh, a lot of times we're not even, sometimes we're, we don't even know where we're sleeping tonight. Mm-hmm. Um, we're, we'll be in the bus, but wh- where is it going to be parked? So we, it, it's nice to be planned out more than a week, um, but <laughs> that's another, yeah, it's the power, water, and then where are we going to be probably the, the main anxieties or concerns that go through your head all the time. And in some places, um, where are we going to dump and where are we going to fill? Some places don't have places to fill water, so that's kind of been a problem. We're like, oh, we're driving, you know, 30 miles out of our way to go dump and to fill water and kind of takes a lot of our time. Yeah, that that's probably more of an issue in different parts, like mm-hmm. Florida trying to find fresh water. Um, yeah, different different areas give more uh, issues with different things so when we talk about traveling in our bus and we're traveling the country i think a lot of people think we are living a dream of traveling and it's easy to think that our life is just easy and no problems and everything is just hunky-dory and amazing that everything's pure bliss so what's the reality of it (laughs) (laughs) yeah so we're planning on heading out to maine um in a few days here and i think we're going to be gone seven weeks kind of in that main northeast united states area and a lot of people it's like a one two week trip that they'll do is see the sites but we're living life so i don't know how how many times a week do we go see stuff we, we might quite a few times depending on what it is um but in reality we're, we're it's like one or two days a week that we go do stuff because I'm, I'm working every day. Megan's working. Uh, we're raising kids. We're homeschooling. Yeah. We still have six kids we're raising and taking care of. And you can't go do stuff every day. No. It, it's you'll get burned out so quickly. I remember it's not even fun. Early on in our travels, <laughs> Megan thought we were going to do stuff every day, and then I was getting stressed about work, and um, yeah, she just realized, and the whole family realized it that you just need downtime you need time to just chill at and sit around the bus and read books or play games or play with toys whatever it is yeah yeah that's it's funny you know people always think that we're just having fun all the time it's like we're still raising kids we're still Um, working hard to remain married and love each other and you know like it's still life we're still doing life in the bus it's not all you know amazing though I think both of us would say we're very grateful to be able to do this 
and to travel like this and experience this. It's so amazing, but we're still living life. We haven't, we haven't just found some magic cure for, you know, getting out of what life is in the reality of it. Yeah, there might be some you know, crappier parts about it where you're, you're stressed about how much power you're using or where you're going to sleep, but we're also making a lot of unique memories with our kids and um, just unique experiences that I, I, would, I think a lot of people that aren't doing this you know, there's still, it's just a different way of um, making these u- unique ex- experiences, I guess. It's it's not like it's better or worse than other people. It's mm-hmm. just what, what we want to do right now. And how we're, we are choosing to live our life right now. Yeah. So what has been the most challenging part of it? Um, I think sometimes it, it's the stress of... You know, me working in the same area, basically the same small area as you trying to do homeschool, you trying to work, kids trying to live life. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, sometimes I go on calls and then we have to try to figure out, okay, are we, do we have bad internet in this area? Um, how do we keep the kids quiet, keep them entertained while I'm on a call? Um, yeah. Just that, that type of stuff. And me and you both trying to work and not having babysitters and trying to... Justin has told me it would be much easier if I wouldn't work. So, <laughs> But I want to do this so bad so I keep working. So we keep figuring it out so I can keep bringing these kind of podcasts to you and all the work I do. But it's just really challenging to figure out you know, how can he work full-time basically and me work and do what I'm doing and it's just it is a lot lot yeah why why am I trying to grow business and you're trying to grow business (laughs) and we're trying to raise six kids and we're trying to travel the country and see everything and when we're in certain states visiting people every single night of the week meeting people yeah yeah (laughs) it's it's been crazy but really fun and I told Justin I'm not willing to give up any of it so we're gonna figure out how to make it all work (laughs) Uh, okay so we've talked a lot about how aria's death changed the whole trajectory of our life and you know kind of pondered where would we be in our lives if she hadn't died would we do something like this would we travel would we like where would we be i wouldn't be doing this business for sure and helping people this way um but we've talked about that we are traveling and living in our bus because we've learned that life can end at any moment and we want to enjoy it now. So what's been the thing you've enjoyed the most about our travels? Probably just more, more memories with our family. Just it's, I mean, it's more intimate. It's not, I'm not gone every day working and then coming home and working on house projects and, um, Life gets really busy, especially when we're living our own family and friends and um, church. And that there's a lot of, you know, that's really amazing. It's like an amazing busy, but it's it's um, just a different experience that we've had when we have been traveling and being able to focus more on like our family and um, just making memories with each other. And spending time together and... Yeah. And that you are there. The other day, Winston, one of our children, said to him he had gone out to, for like two days in one week he was gone. 
And he's like, Dad, how come you're never home anymore or something? What did he say to you? Something like that. How come you're always leaving to work? <laughs> you don't leave to work. <laughs> They're so used to him being around, which has been a dream of mine for years. I just I think we all like that dad's around. We like having him around. So how do you keep Aria in our home and remember her while we are traveling? I guess we we remember her on on her birthday. We always take the day to spend it as a family and um, just keep family close and and make memories together. And then we will have a a cake to celebrate her birthday and then what we have done in the past and we haven't done is since covid um and since we've been traveling is on on her death date no that's on her birthday that's as on well her birthday. yeah we, we'd um go to gillette children's hospital in minneapolis and serve a meal there donate our time and the meal um to serve people who are there um yeah, I guess we have pictures around, and I have a necklace that I wear um, to keep her memories close. Um, yeah, I guess. Something somebody just asked me that question recently, and because she was like, "So you 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 know traveling because of Aria and doing this, you know, like what do you do to remember her?" And for me, something that I just always notice is the sky. So there's, we've seen so many beautiful, amazing skies and sunsets. And I, one of my favorite things is when the, the light is shining from like the clouds. It just, to me, it just like light from heaven. And so just seeing all the sky everywhere we go and really noticing that. And I think of her every time I see a beautiful sunset or. But it, it is amazing how much she just comes up naturally in her day to day. Like. Mm-hmm. Ian, our two-year-old, our three-year-old Three. now, he calls our, our one-year-old, her name is Nora, and he calls her Arya. Aya. Aya. Yeah. Um, so it's very close to Arya, and it, every time he says that, it makes me think of Arya. And mm-hmm. um, Yeah, it just, it seems like many times a week, it's just some, somehow in conversation with the kids, they bring up Arya. And, you know, just d- different examples of would Aria do this or different comments about Aria. Mm-hmm. We definitely talk about her. I feel like it's just more, it's like natural part of our our life. How has your grief changed and shifted over the six years that Aria has been gone? I think early on it was, it was really intense. Um, probably not visible to other people, but I remember like specific examples of like mowing the lawn in the evening and then coming in and then just breaking down and bawling in your arms. And it was like very intense waves. And then as time goes on, I probably stuff stuff away easily or don't think about a lot of stuff so the the times where I'm affected are probably further between and maybe not as intense but I I know that there's 
every once in a while a friend will ask it in conversation and then I probably say, oh, yeah, doing fine. And then probably just affects my mood, like more of like at a subconscious or, or different level where it just all of a sudden I'm kind of backed away from the conversation a bit and I'm affected that way. So I I don't know, I, th I think it's, it's always there. Sometimes it's more intense, um, but it's definitely over time it has softened a bit. Mm -hmm. I feel like I notice that there's times where all of a sudden you'll talk about her a lot. Like there'll be times where you don't talk about her very much and then just recently it feels like a couple of weeks ago maybe. I don't know when it was exactly, but you like many nights in a row you brought up like okay, so at church they were talking the Bible class study was about um Jacob, no, what was it? <laughs> uh, Isaac and yeah. whatever. The, where the, <laughs> we're really good at this. Um, <laughs> the the story of where he's going to sacrifice his son. So then Justin was just telling me all about his thoughts about that and how he thought about it from his own perspective of having his daughter die. And just like, I feel like you have moments where you start bringing it up a lot. And start talking about it and it's not like always super emotional but it's a lot of pondering and thinking and talking about her and yeah i think it's always there it's whenever something happens that is kind of relatable or yeah it's, a, it's something that we've talked about before you know it's not like i forget about aria it she's always kind of there in the back of my mind so when something happens that triggers those thoughts then it, it brings her back to the front of my thoughts and um i, I relate it to what's happened mm -hmm. what about um nora our baby just turned the age that aria was when she died and she has been kind of like a very similar <laughs> to aria what is that like for you having a daughter who's very much the same, looks like her, has a very similar personality. They always wonder where would Arya be right now. Um, she wasn't walking yet when she died because she had her hip dysplasia surgery. Uh, what, would that be a huge issue for her? Um, yeah, it's just... Different thoughts, you know, when, when you see your, your kids grow past that stage that you wonder how Aria would be with, you know, with different kids as they grow older, their the different character traits kind of come out and Aria was just so sweet and just perfect, would she have developed more of like a spunky personality or, or I don't know. It's kind of beautiful. Her memory is always, you know, that's that perfect, content child, angel mm -hmm. in heaven. No. Mm-hmm. What would you say to another father who is grieving the death of his child? Because I know that something you have felt is there's not as much support for dads, or like people don't talk to you, or people don't say as much to you. So what would you say to another dad 
Yeah, it's very, I think, very hard for males to reach out and ask like such a personal, emotional question like, how are you doing after um, losing a child? So I, I've thought about like the amount of support Megan's gotten and versus how many people have reached out to me. And I, I don't, I don't think there's a, like, I don't know, it's just different with males and females. So if you are able to reach out um, to somebody and be able to talk to them about it, it I think it's amazing to be able to talk about the thoughts you're having or the, the stuff you're going through or the different the different thoughts that you're having. Um, but it, it's not... I think one thing to remember is other people do care. You know, I, I have seen that where in different ways people have showed that they, they care and they wonder how you're doing. Um, but it's just very hard for them to reach out to you. So if if you are able to reach out to someone else, um, like talking about it, expressing your pain or grief is a very good thing to working through your grief and trying to trying to yeah, help yourself work through it. Mm -hmm. Feeling those emotions, crying. I'm just experiencing it that it is part of grief and what would you say to maybe say this is just came to my mind now like a a dad who is like feeling like he's doing okay like it's hard it's really painful but kind of feels like you just have to keep going and like this is what it is this is what's happened kind of feel like they've accepted it and then they're trying to figure out like how in the world do I deal with my wife because they're like what happened to my wife where like what would you say to them yeah I think getting help in the process is very important I, I don't think it's easy an easy thing at all to try go through yourself so M Megan had a lot of trauma um when Arya died and the amount of help that she got was amazing from different therapists and different uh, um, a different therapists that helped her work through uh, the, the trauma that she had but then there is one therapist that we went to and I was going there for me but it, it felt like so Megan was also going there um, She'd go a different day or, or earlier than me. And every time I went, we talked somewhat about me, but most of it was about how I could help Megan. And I, I think that was important at that time because of the stuff Megan was going through um, for me to be able to help Megan. Like, if she has requests that seem crazy, <laughs> um, it's just, it's what she's going through. So just listen to her and, um yeah except that, that that's what how it's going to be right now and things will improve if you're both trying to um work through your grief in a healthy way and you 
keep trying to connect even though you might be grieving differently. Yeah. Going going back to that, <laughs> even though her request might be crazy, like the therapist actually had told him, because um, I had trauma, PTSD, and I could not, like I had so much anxiety, and I would ask Justin like, probably many times, almost every night at like 3 a.m., I'd be like, go check on the kids. I'd wake him up. I don't know, a few times a night, maybe. I don't know, maybe it was more than once. I, it was a lot. I'd be like, Justin, Justin, can you go check on the kids, please? And he'd be like, they're fine. I'm like, no, no, you need to go check on the kids. He was like so frustrated every single time. He's like, they're fine. You don't need to go check on the kids. And then this therapist, and so then it would stress me out more because I'm in a really anxious state. And when you have trauma, there's no like, and that anxiety is just when you're in that state, there's no calming it down until you have confirmation that everything's fine. So what that therapist ended up telling Justin was you just have to listen to Megan and do what she asks of you, even if you don't think it, you know, even if it seems crazy or doesn't make sense to you. And for me, that was a huge weight lifted off my like intensity because when I, after that, he never questioned me. After that, he just went, okay, yep, he got up and went and checked on the kids. And that made a lot of the anxious state and all that less, I guess, because I didn't have to sit and fight with him as well to try to get him to go. Yeah. Do you have anything else you want to share about the bus, about Aria, about your experience? Yeah, I don't think I'm very good at feeling my emotions, so... Giving you good responses here is <laughs> tough for me. <laughs> Trying to think about what I feel. Yeah. <laughs> and I. But being able to. I think that's one big thing I remember from the past six years is when I cry, like emotionally, I, f I feel drained, but I always feel better on the other side of like letting it all come out. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I always tell Justin, this is like what I do. I help people feel their emotions. <laughs> but one of the biggest things you can ever learn is like you can't ever force anybody to do something. And I don't tell Justin how he needs to run his life or how he needs to do it. But we talk often about how he's good at distracting himself. And he's good at like even you've talked about how you might start to be like thinking about Aria or thinking about something and then you also your mind wanders and you like distract yeah. yourself by thinking about something else and we talked about it, i think especially early on after aria died I, I went to her grave probably quite a bit yeah that was like your place a lot more than you and it was it's probably two reasons one um my sister annette died when i was six five. or five and um, for the few years after that, I went to the grave a lot with my mom. Um, and we'd, me and my brother would run around and look at butterflies or chase butterflies or, or whatever, kind of wander around and help my mom weed the flowers that she planted or water flowers or plant flowers. So I have a lot of memories of that growing up. Uh, and so I, maybe that's one reason why I went a lot. And the other reason I think was just so I could try to focus on 
um, the grief of losing Arya. But so we, Megan just said about how I like to distract myself. So I'd be there sitting, whether it's like pitch black out late at night in a graveyard, you know, sitting in front of Arya's grave or during the day. And I would yeah, easily be distracted. Like sometimes I'd swipe through pictures um, on my phone just to remember different memories or else um, yeah, different things like that. But then a car drives by and then I start thinking about what kind of car it is or what, you know, where it's going or a bird flies by and, you know, easily distract myself and to try to, you know, not think about it, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But that's, that's one thing I guess that I did do quite a bit was go to Arya's graveside so I could try to think about it or process the grief. I think another reason, this is my own personal thoughts of why you went there is just because you wanted to be by yourself. Like, I think Justin processes his grief more privately, maybe, like just with himself. Definitely with me sometimes, but more on his own and by himself. And so it was a good place for him to go to be yeah, with it's it. different going with the family or going with Megan to the grave than just going by myself. It's just a different experience for sure. Mm-hmm. Anything else coming up for you? Oh, everybody should get a bus and go travel. <laughs> It's great. It is great, isn't it? It's it was a lot of work and so I'm happy to be on this side of things, but it's it's been one of the best things we've done. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks for coming on and sharing. Yeah. (laughs) Even though he was a little bit nervous and was like, What are we talking about? What are you doing? What are you making me do? You did great. Thanks. Thank you. If you like this podcast and have found it helpful, I want to invite you to come check out Gravy Moms Haven. This is my monthly community for Gravy Moms where you can learn positive coping mechanisms, find a safe space with others who understand, and learn lifelong skills that support you as you learn how to carry this weight of grief in your life. There are group coaching calls where we do guided meditations, tapping meditations, breath work, and just talk, knowing that everyone in the group is also walking the path of child loss. You can come check out Gravy Moms Haven at www.gravymomshaven.com.